If you have your Bible with you, go ahead and get it out. If you have a Bible app, fire it up, open it up, stir it up. And uh, if you don't have either, it stinks to be you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you may, if this is all totally new to you today, we understand it was new to all of us at some point. And I'm just glad you're here. And if you open up your heart, I think God will do something awesome in your life today. And you'll go better than you came. Praise God. Find with me the book of Romans, chapter 12. Romans, the 12th chapter. Or, as the modern translations say, Italians, chapter 12. Right? We don't call them Romans anymore. <laughs> I, I started a new series of messages a number of weeks ago that I'm going to continue today. This, this series is called Gifted. Do you know that you are gifted by God? You have a deposit of God Himself inside of you. And I can say this concerning every person. I believe it's true even for those who have not received salvation. They've not received Jesus as their Savior. You still have things that work in your life that are a result of God being your Creator. Amen. You are, you're not a, you are not an accident of nature. You are not a random convergence of cells. You are made in the image and likeness of God Himself. And there is part of His very character and nature that He has invested into your life so that you could reflect Him in the earth. Praise God. Now, if you get saved, then it becomes really useful. <laughs> and it becomes useful for, for non-self-serving purposes. It becomes useful for the benefit of eternity. Okay? Let's go ahead and read here in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 as we have been. For I say, uh, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than, than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So he's given us instructions on how we are to think about ourselves. All right, Don't think too high, but think this way. Think in accordance with the gift of God that has been deposited in you. It's the very faith of God that has been put inside of each and every one of us. Yeah, how should I think of myself? Not arrogant, not proud, not more than I am, but I should think accurately. What is accurate? I'm gifted by God. I am God's gift going somewhere to happen. <laughs> you are. Come on now. I have a measure of His faith in me. Now, some are using it, some are not. Some are ignorant of, the, of its presence. Nevertheless, it is still there. Verse 4, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many in one body... Uh, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And so, we see that all people have gifts from God. When, 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 they, when they join His family, when a person uh, is born again, 
then they start seeking how they can use their gifts for the kingdom, for God's purposes, eternal purposes. Um, the person who only uses their gift for you know, self-gain or worldly success will be empty in the end. And the truth is, all of us, we have the potential to use our gifts even for our own benefit. But we're instructed to not let that be the full function or manifestation of who God has made us to be. But we seek to glorify Him with what's in us and to be used of God for His purposes with these gifts. And so all believers then, again, have both the gift and the faith to start. You have the gift of God and the faith to start using that gift. I was sharing with you last week towards the end, about the danger of not using your gift. And that danger, one of those dangers at least, lies in this regard, that we become susceptible to temptation to become critical of others. The non-users like to criticize the users, the users of their gift. The, they, they, they are more apt to become busybodies, more apt to become gossipers and so forth. And so there are real consequences in the here and now and in eternity for not doing what we're talking about. So I think it's pretty important that we both discover, we identify, and then we step out in faith for our function. When we do, we smile, people around us smile, everyone's better off, God is glorified, fruit is, uh, you know, produced for kingdom purposes for eternity. Thank you, Lord. Over the last, uh, well, a couple of weeks, I, I, we, we've taken some time and discussed these gifts as listed here, prophecy, ministry, teaching, and exhortation. And today, I want to give, uh, give it my best shot to talk to you about, about giving and about leadership and about mercy, okay? Let, let's, let's touch on each of these for a moment and, and see what stirs up in you as I'm, as I'm speaking. Some of you will connect with these instantly and others uh, will say, oh, no, that's not me. <laughs> uh, and that's fine. That's actually a good thing. Uh, but one of the gifts here, interesting that giving is a gift. I mean, if it weren't for this passage, I don't think I would have even called this a gift. I would have just said, give. I should give, you should give, we should all be generous. And that's true. But it's interesting to me that this is a gift. It says in verse 8, he who gives with liberality. Okay? So, it should be obvious to us what giving is. Nevertheless, let's break it down just a little bit. Okay? And, and don't, don't run past this in your mind because of the way I say it. But giving is... Giving. And it needs to be that. Giving needs to truly be giving. As opposed to, say, what are you talking about? As opposed to uh, giving with extra components there. Strings attached. In other words, uh, sometimes people will do things that appear to be giving, but really they want something from the person they're giving to. They're seeking maybe recognition. They, uh, they are seeking influence with those they give to. And I'll give this and then I'll have a say. 
then I'll be able to, you know, have influence in different areas. And really their giving is more of a buying. More of a paying. You know, even when we, when we talk about uh, bringing our tithes to the Lord, I'm not a big fan of what I see, what I think is an Old Testament mentality when people say, I pay my tithe. That's too much like a bill to me. It almost feels like I pay my bill, I pay my tithe. And no, 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 no. In the Old Covenant, how many know in the first part of the book, their tithing was required and it really was paying. If you didn't, you're in big trouble, right? In the New Covenant, since Jesus came, our tithing comes from a different place. It's one of gratefulness and thankfulness, not of, not of uh, unwilling compulsion, but out of gratitude, we honor the Lord with our first. So I like to give my tithe. I don't really, I'm not really a big fan of paying it. Is there a difference? There is in me. On the outside, looks the same. On the inside, it's different. Okay, uh, but giving should truly be giving, and really the giver or the the receiver being blessed should be the sole motive of the person who's giving to them, right? Not trying to get anything out of them. Some giving, of course, should be done privately. Some giving should be done publicly. We can show you examples of that in the scripture if we wanted to. Uh, however, I always want to check my motive. I, I sometimes note when there are news stories and someone gave a, a big donation to a particular cause or charity and then they stand behind the check. You know the big massive check? And it says, you know, whatever, gave this much money. I'm not judging the person's heart because I don't really know it. I just think... I would be hard pressed to, you'd be hard pressed to get me to stand behind my giving check. Just for me, it's like, uh, I don't want this to be about me. I want this to be about the receiver because I'm getting credit with God. And if no one else gives me credit, we're good. We're good because I'm not doing it. I don't want to call my giving something when I'm really just seeking thank you. I'm seeking someone to, you know, give me feedback of, of some kind, whether it's, again, influence or whether it's just verbal affirmation. No, giving should just be simply what it is, giving, period. If no one ever knows I did it, but God, we're good. Right? Okay. And so giving should be huh, giving. Yeah. Here's the question, though. Remember this question for all these? Can all people give? <laughs> Or should some people read this and say, oh, I see this as a gift. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> and they would say, well, I'm more of a receiver. <laughs> we got your givers. We got your receivers. I'm kind of more of a receiver. You know, like when, when, when the offering containers go around, some people put in and some people take out. Right? <laughs> Different gifts, just depending on your calling. <laughs> No, uh, we don't believe that. This is, again, like the other gifts. Can all, should all be givers? Should all people be generous and givers and honor the Lord and everything? Absolutely. But what this does reveal to me is that some people have a greater grace upon them in this area. This is one of those things, again, maybe I could have come to this by observation. I probably would have just identified some people as being 
more generous or have more faith in this area. But I can see from this passage, it is a real gift from God. Some individuals have a greater grace. And watch, if they will use their faith that God put in them and grow it, develop it, increase it, you watch, the, the, the blessings of God will flow through them in a greater measure than the average person. And well, you know, we think of ourselves sometimes as a, a pipe that God flows through, you know, when you're, when you're always giving, you're always full because there's a giving, there's a receiving in and a giving in. I just think some people have a bigger pipe. And part of that is the gift of God. It was designed so people could have lots of blessings and money and resources flowing through their lives. Are some people gifted to make money? I think they are. Do you know what I think the reason is? Is because of this gift. It's because God designed, I'm going to put certain people, I'm going to use different individuals in, in my kingdom, and they're going to be extra channels of, of, of blessing to fund ministry. There's a guy that some of you have heard of. He's a, he's a famous Christian, but not famous because he was a preacher. Most, if you look in history, most of the time we talk about famous Christians of the past. They're usually someone who was a great evangelist or minister, and they had great influence and won lots of people to the Lord. But this guy, some of you will, have, will recognize his name. He is a well-known Christian, and he wasn't a preacher. His name is R.G. Letourneau. What he is very well known for is he was a Christian going to church and he had this great desire to serve God. He wanted to be more fully committed and devoted to the Lord. And so his thought was, I have to be a pastor or a missionary or something. If I'm really going to serve God with all my life, I'm going to have to be one of those things. So he went and spoke to his pastor about it and, and they prayed and and his pastor said something that totally changed the way he thought. They came out of that time, and his pastor said, God needs businessmen too. And it totally set him free. Because apparently he didn't have a call to preach, so to speak. But he did have this desire for business. And so what he did is... He changed his mentality with his, with his working and his business. And he said, I'm going to make God my partner. And that's a good partner right there. He said, God's going to be my partner in business. And talk about success. When others were going down, he was going up. And he became extremely wealthy. Here's what he's often quoted as and what he's known for. Is he didn't give 10% of his income. He lived on 10% of his income. He gave 90%. And that was his faith using his gift for God to go boom. Some say, well, he must have really struggled then. I mean, how can you give away 90% of your income? <laughs> well, it's called, I like to do it, say, put it in today's math. Uh, living on 90% of 50,000 is not as good as living on 10% of 5 million. So the guy was not decreased. He was not struggling or lacking personally. He was, God blessed him tremendously as an individual, but that's the way he approached it. What do you think? Say, what do you think was going on there? I think that's probably a good example of this gift. 
this gift and then him exercising it and developing uh, his faith in it and God used him tremendously. Think about how valuable this gift is in the kingdom of God today. It is just as much of a gift as the others we have read. It is just as much as a, of a gift from God. Probably, this is my estimation, probably every great work of God through history had a bunch of these people tied to it. Had a bunch of individuals that God connected them to that move, not because they were preachers, not because they carried some you know, heavy miracle anointing, but because they were gifted as a pipe, a funnel through which God could finance His work. Amen? Amen. Now watch, if you have this gift, you have this gift in here, it's not, you shouldn't use it flippantly. Don't just throw money anywhere. Be prayerful. Be spirit-led. Because these things in the wrong hands can be dangerous. But when led by the Spirit of God... Uh, it can be a tremendous blessing to everyone around you, and the kingdom of God will grow. Here's the last point on that point. It's interesting to me that the person who has this giving gift still has to be told to use it. So someone could have it and not be, you know, their faucet's off. Yeah, the pipes are full, but the faucet's off. And that's why he. That's why Paul wrote to these guys in in Italy, and uh, and said, "He who gives with liberality, you have this giving gift. Be generous with it. How do I do that? In proportion to my faith. Amen. Amen. The next one listed here is a gift called leadership. Leadership. Verse six or verse eight." reads, he who leads with diligence. He who leads. Now, this, this word lead, from the Greek word, means to stand before. Okay, think about the leader now. They stand before. Um, they have, it uses the, 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 the language of rank. Or to, to be over, to rule, to stand before. There are people in God's Creation, they're all around the world, and there is something in them that enables them to go first. They are gifted to rule. They're gifted to stand before. This is used, this word is used in the book of, of people who do like what I do. It's used of spiritual leaders, of pastors, and so forth. It's also used even in the sense of, of, of parents. Uh, the same word is used telling parent, talking about parents who rule their house well. All right. Can everybody lead? What's the answer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> same answer to all these questions. Just heads up. When I get to the last one, same answer. Uh, can everybody, should everybody lead? On some level, yes, you're the leader of something. But others have this special grace upon their lives. And what are they, what are they anointed? Or maybe anointing is not the best word. But what are they gifted to do? They're gifted to go first and be an example for others. They think about not only what they're doing, but they think about how what they do is influencing other people. Some of you don't even think about that. Think, I mean, you come into... Wherever you go and do the things you do, or you come into church and you worship God, and it's just your own thing. Others are thinking, man, if I 
don't participate, I'm going to influence others to not participate. I've always thought that way. Well, since I've been in ministry, at least I don't remember before that. It was too long ago. <laughs> but I remember since I've been in ministry, I, I'm going to do what I'm going to do because I'm supposed to do it. But I'm also going to do what I'm, what I'm going to do. Did you hear that? We are busy right now. Siri was interrupting me. I usually put this on airplane mode, but I forgot. There. Shut her right up. <laughs> we were in a meeting not, not too long ago. It was a smaller meeting with a bunch of ministers. And the, the person speaking made this great point. And right on cue, someone bumped their... And, and it spoke out loud and everyone heard it. I didn't get that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Leaders go first. What's the opposite of that? Well, they're not the last to do things. They're the ones taking the initiative. They're the ones seeing the need and saying, I'm going first. I'm going to be the one. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be involved. I'm, I'm not the last person on the list. I'm the first person on the list because I know that others are going to be influenced by me. And so I'm going to go first. These are those who stand before. King James Bible uses the word ruleth. If a person has authority though, well, what are they told to do? Be diligent. He who leads with diligence. That's constant and earnest effort. The word diligence is, is interesting to me as well because it carries the idea of doing things quickly or with haste. They have enthusiasm. Okay, again, here's the possibility. Someone could have a leader gift in them and still not be using it. They have the ability. And I get that sometimes. Not everyone who has this gift necessarily wants to be seen. I can relate to that personally. Some pastors and ministers can in the sense that I'm going to stand before people not because I want to, but because I have to. And when I say I have to, the gift is in there and I must use it. I must obey the call. So I have to go first. I'd rather hide. I'd rather just be, you know, I'll be in the prayer meeting. I'll do whatever I need to do behind the scenes. But the gift requires that you step forth and lead. Why am I saying this? There are leaders in the house. You know you can do it. You know you ought to do it. You know you ought to be going first. But you're dragging, you're pulling up the rear. <laughs> well, I don't want to be seen. Quit that, I know. I'm not judging the heart. You know, I, I, think about, I think about famous preachers and ministers. And some people really decry that. And they think, uh, they shouldn't be seen. It should be, no one should become famous in, in Christian circles or in ministry. But they have to. They shouldn't want to. I get that. They shouldn't want to for the sake of, you know, applause or anything like that. But people have to be known. Someone has to take the lead because when they do, their influence leads other people to Jesus. And so there is benefit if a person has their heart right. But again, can all people lead? Of course. But some people can lead more. Some of you leaders in here now, how can you use your gift for the Lord? You may be using it in, in business, in life. You may... Yeah, do it in a number of areas. Of course, we all lead on some level, but you have something extra. 
when you speak up, people tend to pay attention to what you say. You carry influence with others. You're able to put things together. And when you say, hey, let's do this, a bunch of people say, yeah, let's do that. Some of you say, let's do this, and no one's around. (laughs) You have something in you. Use it for God's kingdom. How can you use it for His glory? Say, do we need leaders in the church? Don't we have enough? No, we don't have enough. There's never enough. Why? Because there's always more people who don't have that. And what do you have if you have a, a large number of people and not enough leadership? You have people wandering about without really any direction, without really any intention. They're not going a certain way. They're not accomplishing anything. Not because they're bad people. They just need someone to say, hey, let's do this. Hey, we're all going to get together and go here. We're going to do this. That gift really is needed in the body of Christ. Without you, what are the followers supposed to do? Well, I don't want to set myself up to be anything special. What do you mean? You're special. We're all special. It's just called using our gift. Jesus looked at the, at the, the people of Israel when he was in his ministry. And he said one day, well, the scripture says about him, that he had compassion on them. And here was the reason. Because they were as sheep without a shepherd. He saw that that spiritually the people of Israel were just kind of wandering about not having clear direction. They needed someone to step up and pastor them. Pastoring being one form of leadership. They needed a shepherd. You know that's still needed today? Not only pastors like myself, but leaders in all areas. We need leaders to step up and use their gift. Amen! Number seven. The last gift in this list, also in verse eight, reads, He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. This is, again, one of those things. If it, wasn't, if it weren't in the list, I wouldn't have called mercy a gift. I would have just said, well, shouldn't everybody be merciful? Wait a minute, what's the answer to that? Should everyone be merciful? Yes, every one of us should be merciful, but uh, some have a special grace in this area. Aren't you glad that God is a merciful God? Without His mercy, I would be toast. Huh? Can anyone relate to that? Mercy is when a person doesn't get what they deserve. Yeah? In contrast with grace, grace is when a person does get what they don't deserve. See, a person does wrong, justice says, you pay. But mercy says, I'm letting you off. Mercy says, I'm giving you a break. Mercy says, you get another chance. Yeah? Uh, when it comes to salvation, I don't earn it. I don't deserve it. It's not something God owes me. But because of grace, I receive a gift. Yeah? These things are of, of, of such great value. Where would we be without the mercy of God? It doesn't give judgment, but it gives a second chance. Should we all be merciful? I've answered that question, but let me give you a verse. Luke 6.36, Jesus said here, something really good. Therefore, be merciful just as your Father also is merciful. Who's that written to? That's written to every single one of us. Should we all be merciful? Or should some say, you know, mercy, that's not really really my thing. Uh, (laughs) I'm more of a judgment person. (laughs) 
And so if you need someone to bring down the hammer, it was my gift. Doing it for the Lord. Well, for your own sake, you might want to sow mercy so you can reap mercy. Right? All of us should be merciful. But there are, again, some who have a greater ability here. It is part of the very character and nature of God Himself. God, the Father, is a merciful God. And you, as a part of His creation, some of you, it, it lights up in you more than the rest of us. I mean, literally, you see someone hurting. You see someone who's failed. You see someone who's down and out, whatever. All of us should be merciful towards them. We're not here to kick them when they're down. We're here to lift them up. But some of you are moved more. You know it, even as I'm speaking. It's like... I, you, you're, you'd be the quickest to shed the tear. You'd be the quickest to offer assistance. You, you'd be moved towards those, right? Right? You see that working in you. That's a God thing. So what should I do with that? Use it. How should I use it? Cheerfully. That's what he says. Do it with a smile. The word cheerful comes from a Greek word that comes from the word hilaros. Hilaros in the Greek. You know what that could mean? Hilarious, where we get our word hilarious. We're laughing. How, how, how should the, the mercy person serve others? They're laughing. Not, they're with so much joy that they're, they're having fun with it. They enjoy it. it. It lights them up to be able to help someone, to give someone a, a break. Now, now, a possible danger here, just like, the give, just like the giving person. Is there any dangers to a person who has that gift? Yeah, they could be... A not a good manager of their giving. They could be giving to the wrong people at the wrong time in the wrong way. And, 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 and you could give for the wrong motive and yet it's still coming out of that gift. The merciful person might sometimes never draw a line in the sand. They might never say, hey, uh, you know, second chance, forgiveness, all that kind of stuff. But you do need to change. <laughs> You do need to clean your act up and, uh, you know, you're restored. We, mercy is there, but there's still standards of righteousness. And so we want to ha have that balance. So, do, again, do you see people in need, those who are hurt, those who have failed? Use your gift. They need you right now. Now, say, where do we need that gift in the church? I think we need it kind of everywhere. Sometimes these gifts overlap and a person has both and they, they might lead and also be Merciful, for example. And we're needed everywhere. Why? Because a bunch of us have messed up. And don't you think this church ought to be a place where people who have totally messed up their lives could come? People are, you know, for whatever, for various reasons, have made a lot of mistakes, have done a lot of wrong things, have been torn apart by this world. You know where they go? Say, well, they don't all come here, do they? No, they don't. They, some go to the bar. Some go to other things that are not helpful. I don't want them to go there. You know why some of them don't come here? They're not aware that we have this. They think of us maybe as being more judgmental and not helpful. When it's not our heart, certainly we probably have been guilty of it, but, but that's not who we are. What do they need? They need, we need these mercy people to step up. Everyone should do it, but some of us should really go out after this gift so that it becomes a reputation. It becomes known across our valley 
What, you're messed up? I don't want to go to the church. They're all perfect over there and they're going to look down on me. Say, what are you talking about? That place, they are merciful there. They will, they won't look down on you because you've blown it because they know they've all blown it too. But they know you get around it and that God's mercy is there flowing through His people. Amen. I'm thankful for every one of these gifts. And if we can use them to the full, man, what a great place this will be. Say, so where could I use my gift here? Well, I, got the, I have this one idea. It's called Outreach Ministries. We got a bunch of you doing it, right? So I so I really do care about people who are hurting. That might be a good outlet for you. That might be a good connection where you can start letting the gift of God float through you to people who are, you know, really in a bad place in life. Amen. Amen. Thank God for all these gifts. They're working in us. Thank you, Lord. We'll stop there for now. Father, thank you for...